love you. And welcome back. I am the Green Traveler from Gorge. Oh, are you? I am the Faceless Leon. <laughs> I don't know. The way you said it, it didn't seem so sure. This is a podcast about movies and TV. <laughs> I already said who I am. Thanks for tuning in, uh, Couch Potatoes. Thank you, guys. Uh, we're here. Yeah. You ready for this? Uh, you ready for this segue I got to lead us into what we're doing today? Okay. Yeah. So, because uh, this is a long route, it's a little bit of a long route here, um, because <clears throat> of your, uh, not inability to go to the theaters, but, you know, just like mild reluctance because of the worldly situation we're in right now, right. it means that I, when I go to the theaters, we, we now we now put all of that, all that new release content into an exclusive episode available for our patrons That's uh, over at patreon.com slash green and faceless. And thanks to that, it means there's, you know, openings in our our schedule where I can, it, we both get to pitch ideas, but it means I get to pitch an idea that's all for me, like an <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy spotlight, because that's what we're doing today. We're doing an Anya Taylor-Joy spotlight because she's one of my favorite actors currently. Is it Anya or Anya? I don't know. I, I always said Anya, but maybe it's Anya. I, I, I mean, I think she says Anya Taylor-Joy. Okay, I believe we'll you. look it up. I don't want to do a whole whole episode saying <laughs> it wrong. I thought it was Anya, but you know, I'm not like a big fanboy necessarily. I do like her quite a lot. Queen's Gambit was was the where I hitched onto the ride for sure. That's fair. Sorry, I started. I'm going to delete all of my audio during that moment because I started listening to the SNL uh, skit. But my start with the, uh, with her was uh, the witch. Like, oh, that's I, true. I've loved her since the witch, that, she was great yeah. in that. But I didn't necessarily recognize her as being like right. Yeah, something that stood out uh, necessarily. She stood she out like a household name yet. Yeah. Yeah, and then I had, you know, with The Queen's Gambit, I had, what, 12 episodes or 8, something, and somewhere, I know that's a oh, big yeah. range. And, uh, well, honestly, that's some of her best work, too, like. It's really I good. mean, that's where, that's where she became a household name. That's where everybody started to know who she was. I'm going to dip out for a few more seconds when, it, when we're just getting to it. That was the All longest right. we're back. takeaway from the show we've ever had <laughs> i went through like five different interviews it was it was a struggle i was trying so hard to find her name and i found a northman interview with alexander skarsgård where she says i am anya taylor joy so anya anya i'm sorry okay. if i said it wrong before i don't remember now which way i was pronouncing it but that's the way we're going <laughs> all right well, well tell me about eloise and sandy my love there. for anya Oh yeah, you yeah. can do that well, too if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 a cinematic crush. It really is a cinematic crush. Like uh, I had the same thing with um, Audrey Hepburn. I still do. Hat. I love Audrey Hepburn. Oh, okay, all right. Huh. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Because it was just like you know, I, I watched a movie of hers and was just like, oh my gosh, I'm in, I'm so in love. Her, you know, she's a fun actor. She's very beautiful, very talented, in my opinion. I know a lot of people might say otherwise. But with Anya or with, Audrey? with Audrey Hepburn, really? And like it's, 
I I really just love her her movies. I went through all of her fucking movies. You know, it was just it was a it was a romantic period of just being like, I need all of this, mainly because it's just the the cinematic presence she had. I just loved how she was on screen. She was so fucking great. And now it's the same thing with Anne. Yeah, ever since you know I watched uh, The Witch, watched uh, Split, M Night Shyamalan Split. And, like ever since then, I've just been like, I really just love this actor. Like yeah. it's amazing, and I just want to keep eating all of her films up. Like and and so you know, last year she had a great film, Last Night in Soho. I watched it. I had some thoughts. We're gonna get into <laughs> those thoughts. Yeah. Uh, but then she had she had another one this year, The Northman, from one of my favorite act, uh, directors. So like you know, that's the thing about both of these movies. I love both the directors. I love both of the uh, you know obviously I love Anya. And then I was just excited for the world of both of these because the 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 world surrounding these stories is just fascinating. So like everything was supposed to be ringing for me, and we'll get into that. Uh, first though, we're gonna talk uh, last night in Soho, which uh, it's directed by Edgar Wright. I love Edgar Wright. He did Drive. He's done other stuff. Um, <laughs> did he do? <laughs> he worked Baby with the, Driver. Oh wait, yeah, I said Drive. It's Baby Driver. Not yeah, yeah. You're right. Baby driver, baby driver. Is that that is right? That's right. right? Yeah, it's baby driver. For some reason that title. Where you wrong. can get all your baby needs. Oh, but well, he he also worked with uh, with uh, Simon Pegg a lot too. Like they did they did a lot of those comedies together. What is it? The Sean Sean of the Dead, something like that. Sean. Uh, he he did those things, okay. and he was supposed to do Ant Man, but then Marvel was just like. Nah. You know, we don't want creators to have control, and they kicked him out. There's a lot Bastards. more to it than that, but it was... I remembered it very upsetting me when it happened, but... <laughs> so I also don't know all the details. Real quick, before we get too deep into it, I did want to say, because it crossed my mind, that this is the first actor spotlight that was not suggested for the potato pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's so, right. So, thank you... Uh, for the couch potatoes out there, our patrons, for coming up with the idea for us. Uh, it seemed obvious after you did so, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it also opened up director spotlights and, like, yeah. so many other things. Like, it's really yeah. cool. Thank you, guys. And gals. But you didn't come up with this. You and didn't potatoes. suggest this. We did that. No, I, yeah, this is all my demented mind. I needed this. I don't know about because I love these films. I do. I do enjoy these films. So I'll say that up front. They're both pretty good. Uh, but last night in Soho, Edgar Wright, uh, psychological horror, and and one in which it involves a, a lady in her dreams going back to the '60s London, and like it, it. One, I love psychological horror. It's my favorite genre. Right. You know, I love things that fuck with the mind. It's Edgar Wright. It's Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, Thomas McKenzie McKenzie is the main character. Um, what's her name? Sandy. Wait. Thomas oh. McKenzie is Ellie. Yeah, Sandy is uh, Anya. Right. And uh, Ellie, it's very it's very established up front that she sees the dead in some way. You know, she's she's in her bedroom. She's uh, oh, getting ready right. for this big move to the university. And in the mirror, she sees her dead mother. And, and, and in the background, you hear her grandma who's yelling for her, like, you got to get ready, Sandy, or whatever. Because Sandy's about to make a big move yeah. to university. She's going she's gonna to study fashion. Very excited for it. 
but also very nervous as it's made apparent with her uh with her mother in the mirror because she doesn't hear her mother speak um but she just like you know she gets confirmation from her you know affirmation you know it's just like she looks to her for support and and you know her mother is still there for her apparently and, and that's not really explained it's not really no. explained as to how she can see the dead uh or you know what even her abilities are but that's not really the importance of it i guess that's, right you know i I have to be honest, on this first watch, I did not see that necessarily as an ability, that more right. or less that she just saw her mother as a support figure, which I feel like you could still watch this movie with that lens. And then what happens later is because that place is, is so wicked that she's staying. I, I, I mean, it's spoilers, but I will add after that, in the very finale scene... She sees her mom and somebody else. She sees another dead figure. So it's just like, it, uh-huh. it's, I don't know if it's an ability or maybe she just now finds that dead figure as another support figure. Who knows? But like, I, I, I always just, I when know. I, the first time I watched it, I was just like, yeah, I guess she just got a talent. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Like, I, I thought I was picking up more that it was the place rather than her but i think it honestly makes sense i think you are supposed to pick that up but uh i certainly didn't i think i think you're supposed to pick it up at the end of the movie i think up until that point you could think that she just has mental problems even even (laughs) the stuff that's happening to her like that's that's the whole point of, of the the genre yeah, that is that is uh, the big thing too. Is her mom committed suicide because she had uh, mental health issues, mm-hmm. and Tom, uh, Ellie Thomason's character is very much you know she's worried about that because she she has uh, anxiety herself. She has uh, other possible mental health issues that are kind of like hinted at. Nothing's ever really like specifically laid out. That's not Edgar Wright's style. But uh, <laughs> she, when she goes to university, though. She the the people she's living with what what is it Jocasta uh yeah Jocasta yeah, Jocasta just Jocasta I don't know how you would the sin of what is the dash what does the slash through the O I, mean does that change the I pronunciation of the O I uh, it probably does I think it's Sinov Carlson it might be Sinove maybe okay hey you know what we took twenty minutes to figure out Anya oh no. <laughs> <laughs> But Anya's the subject. She <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. just a bratty sorority girl. And that really is, while you're looking up the pronunciation for that, that is uh, pretty much what her character is. She is uh, pretty much just a brat. Everything that Ellie says, she has to, like, one-up. She's an attention seeker, um, Jocasta is. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and when Ellie is just trying to get to know everybody, when she's trying to, to start, like, to fit in, to like find out who she is, you know, to come to age. Uh, she's struggling hard because she's, uh, Jocasta's being very rude, very, um, not egocentric. I don't think that's the right word, but she's, no, uh, yeah, no, she's, she's egocentric. Okay, good. I was just like, there's many times where my brain offers up a word and I'm just like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I have a bad thesaurus up there in dictionary and everything, but Sinova, Sinova, Sinova Carlson. I do like that name. That is a great name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so because of that, because she can't at all get along with her roommate and she's kind of just like, 
ah, fuck, you know, fuck, I gotta get out of here. You know, she, she goes and finds a, I think they call it a bed sit. Did she? I can't remember. It was like, she applied for like a bed sit. I can't remember what it was. Basically, it just means she's renting out a room. Um, right. This, this elderly lady's, uh, upper floor. Uh, Miss Collins. Miss Collins is played by Diana, Diana Rigg, the very famous Diana Rigg from British television throughout the years. Uh, she did pass away in 2020. Uh, so right before this film was released. She was in this show called The Avengers a long time ago. I don't know what relevance it has to The Avengers. <laughs> Probably none. I don't think it has any, but I do remember my dad recommending it once. <laughs> she was in Game of Thrones, though, and uh, played the lead of the House Tyrell, the the House of Roses or whatever. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Interesting. <laughs> I never watched Game of Thrones, but I've read the I know you so haven't watched it. Yeah, you definitely yeah. haven't gotten to the part where she comes in. In the show. Yeah. But, I mean, she is in the book, so I do know precisely what right. character you're talking about, and she definitely seems like the, the very right choice for that role. She uh, um, She's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and, and you know, she's she's pretty good in this. I mean, for the most part, she is like a in-and-out character. You know, she's not she doesn't have like a crazy amount of screen time for the first right. act or so. She just kind of comes in. You know, she lays the ground rules out for Ellie. You know, she's like... Don't be bringing any men back here past 11 o'clock or whatever. You know, be respectful, all that kind of bullshit. Right. You know, so, I mean, I say bullshit. It's, it's you know, it makes sense. You're living, you're renting out your upper right. floor. You don't want loud noises and all that crap way past night. It's your house. Right. And she also doesn't want to run, you know, like a whorehouse. Yeah, exactly. That's not her style, man. That's not her shtick. <laughs> but uh, on, on her first night there, Ellie uh, dreams... She goes. She goes back into the 1960s and takes the place of uh, of a uh, aspiring singer named Sandy, uh, played by Anya Taylor Joy. And yeah, she sees the huge uh, James Bond uh, poster for which one was it? Was it Doctor No? I don't know which one it was. Oh, I don't remember. It, it was, was the big... one of the Sean Connery ones, though. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. I just saw that and I was like, oh, it's topical. It fits right in. <laughs> We're talking James Bond right now. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, she, she watches Anya, uh, I'm sorry, she watches Sandy try to, you know, achieve her career, try to become this big singer of the clubs in, in Soho. What is that? South London? North London? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't uh, know the London I districts. don't know. It's in London. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to say it's in London and we'll be fine there. <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> I guess it is now considered the fashion district, but uh, oh, right. for a long time it was considered like the red light district. Ooh, and that's that's kind of what uh, Ellie discovers is as she's as she dives more and more into these past memories, she starts also, to see. Also, if I'm wrong, tell me in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> But she starts to see how horrible this industry is, how, well, not industry, but this region is to, to aspiring women. You know, she, she watches, you know, Sandy's trying to become this great singer, but her agent, Jack, played by, was it Jack? Matt Smith. Yeah, Jack. Okay. Doctor Who. Yeah. Matt Smith. She met the doctor and that's when the adventure began. 
It is, exactly. That's how and, the story uh, goes. He is not a hero in this one. Not at all. No, he's a uh, bad he doctor. Is a, yeah, he's a very charming man. Very, uh, he, he is manipulative, but he is kind of the middleman. He, he, he becomes her pimp, so to say. Uh, uh, not uh, even sort of speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he straight up becomes her pimp. He yeah, slowly brings her... Uh, it base, you know, it's a pretty classic story of manipulation and, you know, like a mix of gaslighting. And then once you get them to do it, it's like, you've already done this. If you want to keep on living here, you have to keep yep. on doing this. Yeah, yeah, she just gets roped <laughs> in and it's it's awful. It's hard to watch at times because, yeah. you know, she's she's being raped just to get jobs. And it's yeah. just, you know, that's that's, you know, while this is all going on, Ellie's own life is struggling because, you know, she's she from that first dream, from that very first dream, that was a great dream. She saw a mm-hmm. woman with high hopes, just like she did going uh, just like Ellie did coming into university. You know, she she related so much to this aspiring woman and she loved her confidence. She loved uh, Sandy's just, you know, Sandy like walked into a club and she's like, I'm going to be the next singer up there. And, you know, you're going to help mm-hmm. me do that. And there's this beautiful dance scene, too. That's like uh, all done in camera. So in the dream scenes, Ellie is seen in the mirror. So whenever whenever Sandy is walking by a mirror, you see Ellie in the mirror. And during that dream scene, they both start like switching positions, you know, like for one second, Jack will be dancing with Sandy and then he'll loop her around, you know, twirl her. And when she comes back to the camera, he's twirling uh, uh, Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all a lot of it's done in camera. There's only like two switches, I think, that were done with cuts. Because most of it was done in one long take. And it's just the, you know, you can just imagine Thomas and McKenzie and Annie Taylor-Joy just like, they run off camera and they run around. Like, I, I think there's like behind the scene footage of it too, where it's just like they're running behind Matt Smith so they can enter in on the other side. It's it's really well done. Like, the choreography was great for that scene. It, it's one of those moments. Both of these films that we're talking today had moments when I watched it in theaters and I can tell I was the only one blown away that the rest of the audience wasn't at all impressed by what was going on. And I was like, it was very sad. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say that people don't seem like they pay attention to the art, but people don't pay attention to the art. I don't think, <laughs> I think most people yeah, have become. Sometimes they, they just, well, I mean, now that the theaters are so saturated with the blockbuster superhero shit, they want yeah. it to be action and flashy and not just tasteful. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's it's very upsetting. Uh, like, I mean, I get it. I'm definitely a blockbuster bitch. I have those moments where I just want this crazy fun action story. But I don't know. I really love that dance scene. It's so well pulled off. The 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 director is Chung Hoon Chung. Great job. Like the choreography for that and for all, like I mean his his cinematography throughout the whole movie is amazing. But I really loved it in that dance scene because it's it's hard to pull off a one take and a take like that. I don't want to know how many times they had to to do that. You know, it's just crazy. I hate to interrupt your flow, but I just found out something quite by accident. But we already talked about Diane Diana Rigg just a couple weeks ago with oh, really? Her Majesty's Secret Service. She oh was, no, uh, she was Ter- Teresa D. 
Vicenzo. Vicenzo. Oh, she was the, 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 the leader, right? The bride. The, of the, yeah. 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 Wow. Like, yeah. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> I think I might have said something, but I, did, I think at I that time I was not quite aware that she had passed away. She is, by the way, a lady, uh, a dame, not a lady, a dame. <laughs> She's a lady. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the quote i don't remember what movies it's from though <laughs> i don't know so okay, sorry to comp- maybe oh my gosh it seems like it's a disney anime i can't remember anyways but uh Is it the- chicago I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember what it's from. but ellie uh throughout the the dreams ellie starts to to relate and see herself as sandy you know, in, in real life as well, she she changes her hair to match Sandy's in her fashion class. She's designing a dress that looks like the dress she saw um, Sandy wear in that first dream. You know, she just she comes to to just love this person and and just relate to her in such a way that when she watches her world fall apart. It's just traumatizing. You know, not only to watch it happen, but also to just like feel like you can't achieve your own goals now because it just starts to just wreck Sandy's world. And she starts to feel haunted by uh, all these past memories everywhere she's going. She has a friend. um, What's his name? John? Oh, her her boyfriend? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's him. I don't have a picture here. Yes, it is. I found a picture with a lineup of the cast. Yeah, it is him. Yeah, he's he's just another guy who's attending her her fashion classes, and you know he he is he is like a nice little tether for her, you know, because she is she's very right. anxious, she's very socially awkward, and he's just kind of like gently prodding, trying to bring her into his fold. You know, he's like, I got friends over here, we're having drinks. You know, but she doesn't yeah. understand the hints that he's kind of dropping, and I mean, she right. understands that he he likes her, uh, but she doesn't understand that he's trying to be like, "Why don't you come hang out with me and my friends?" Or that he's just like, "I'm going to take yeah. these back to my he's, friends." He, you know, she it's... can't tell that he's trying to be inclusive. He also yeah. feels like an outsider, which he he says, "You know, I I moved here too," and she yeah. said, "Oh, where are you from?" And he said, "Oh, South London." <laughs> So I do remember is it it's in North London. There we go. We figured it out. <laughs> so far away. But but I love all of the setup of this movie. It's really well done. The first two acts are great. There's a lot of good horror tension moments. I love the music. Edgar Wright, the one thing he does amazingly is his music choices. Like I mean, the score alone is great. Who did this? Who did the music here? Let me pull that up real fast. Stephen Price, great job, Stephen Price. Um, but there's also a lot of songs that are pulled in. You know, they they Edgar Wright with Baby Driver proved that he knows how to do a damn good soundtrack for a film, and he does the same thing here. He's got a lot of beautiful songs. True. I I still listen to Anya Taylor Joy's uh, cover of uh, Downtown. Who, yeah. who did that? Interesting cover. What was that lady's wow. name? <laughs> it's in the. It's in the. Petula Clark. Petula Clark. I actually have that album now that I think about it. Interesting. Huh. But yeah, I, I still listen to that. It's beautiful. But Edgar Wright is, just does a great job with the music choices. Like everything was clicking. I was so happy with this film. And then the third act happens, and I don't want to spoil the third act. 
but I will say it's just like it. I don't know. It just it it kind of flips everything. You know, you think you're 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 watching one kind of film, and you're just like, yep, I'm feeling everything here, and then it kind of just like churns real fast and with a with a great twist. Right. I do like the twist, but like, yeah, I'm not sure if it landed right. Yeah, it, it feels very weird because it it kind of just like sours the whole message, right? Yeah, like uh, well, you know, yeah, we thought we thought that something terrible happened and you know something terrible did happen but it was just totally different than what we thought yeah exactly yeah it makes you it just flips how you feel about a particular character that you're sympathizing with and that yeah it is it is strange it's a little jarring but i still liked it like i I think as a whole it's an interesting story and i think on a second watch knowing what we what is known that Mm -hmm. i will maybe like the ending a little bit better i don't know yeah i can say having this being my second watch i definitely liked it a whole lot better because it felt very i don't think it's giving away things it's, it felt very much like a psycho kind of ending you know like uh, alfred hitchcock's yeah. psycho yeah it has it has that kind of feel to it that's very you know it's it's rooted in classic horror and it's it's pretty damn well done too i thought like but i remember yeah. when i first watched it in the theaters i remember once the credits started rolling that the audience around me had a general, like, is that really it? Like, that's kind of bullshit. And, like, th- there was a more aggravated feeling from people. Like, I-, I-, I remember turning around, not seeing any smiles at all. I saw a lot of people just being like, what the fuck? You know, like, what did I just watch? <laughs> no, that pissed me off, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back home and let Jimmy out of the shed so I can beat him. That's how angry I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Somebody's been watching the Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what? But that's, that's really, yeah. That's that's kind of my like. I guess the lead into my closing statement with with last night in Soho is like, I love the story. I loved everything about the story. The setup was great, but it kind of gets to a point in the third act. I mean, even cl- kind of towards the end of the second act too, where it's just kind of just a lot of long chases where Ellie's just like running from these haunts and that's just going on for quite a while. Like I remember she's, she's running in modern day London. She's running in modern day London during the daytime and at night. Uh, she's running in dreams. She's running here. Like there's a lot of scenes. And after a while I'm like, all right, we get it. Come on, let's bring it, get to the closer. You know, it's like, I I was ready for the ending, but that was more, that was more the second time I watched it. The first time I watched it, I didn't mind that stuff at all i do i did kind of feel that way like i kind of felt like okay where is this going and then they started pulling the purse strings and i don't know the whole picture was just different than what i was expecting yeah and it was it's very jarring that that third act makes it very kind of it definitely stayed with me i will i will admit that but right i i still i only give it three stars because while i love it um it's it's still you know, it's it. I don't know that that third act kind of really muddles it all for me. Even though I still like it, it just makes it makes it a whole weirder experience than what I was expecting. And uh, I guess to talk Annie Taylor Joy's performance, since this is her spotlight, she does a great job here. She has a lot of great moments. There's a lot of amazing things she gets to do, and she just had so much fun. I think with this film too. Like that, she just gets to she just gets to it's sing. A- she gets to dance. She gets to, it's, you know, go crazy. 
it uh yeah it's a wide ranged role like she definitely starts in one place and ends in another which you know a good arc should but it's like yeah like because we also only see one part of it and then are told the other uh to Mm -hmm. not give away anything uh so it's very interesting i i I think it's a good movie i i recommend it i give it a full face I will say I think I'd like it better on a second watch. And I think I think that rings true because I liked it a whole lot more the second time around. And uh, another thing with Anya, too, is like I love when she realizes what kind of life she's into now. When she realizes that she's just being pimped out to a lot of people with big money who will give her small, right. crappy dancing jobs. Uh, she kind of just like zones into the drugs. You know, she kind of just fades right. away. She, um, you know... Everybody becomes a blur, and I love how she like you know how she just like just felt so empty at like during those scenes like where she just like kind of seemed like she was just fading away. She was like, "Yep, this is it," and like she did a great job during those scenes. It was really it really yeah, fit the psychological so. horror uh, element. Definitely, and, and I really like the way that Sandy and who keeps on changing her name throughout the show, which I thought was an interesting thing. Right. Her, I like how her state of mind is mirrored in Eloise but like as it gets darker and darker Eloise interprets it uh, more and more about concern about like what is going on like why this is happening in in the house and and more and more convinced that it's not just a dream yeah so it is interesting so go 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 watch it you can stream it for free somewhere jam it in your eyeballs yeah put it right into those eyeballs and while you do that we're gonna take a soda pop break yeah i love you okay are you gonna come hang out with me garlic coming or going i gotta shut the door and now you have a dog with you doodle Duda. We're gonna do some Viking shit. Duda. Duda. Let's raid a nasty village and we'll plunder and we'll take. <laughs> Pl- plunder and or take. I know. <laughs> plunder and or plunder. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> we will plunder this village and or take their possessions. <laughs> Wait a second. Aren't those the same thing? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely Eric Idle's response. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, man, I love... Someday we'll have to do a Monty Python thing, because I just, I just love the... Uh, oh, yeah. We are all different. I'm <laughs> not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> we yeah. are all unique. <laughs> we are all different. Oh no! <laughs> oh, what a movie! I love it so much. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I think, we're not here to talk. I that. think maybe just uh, a threesome, or even just a short playlist. I mean, There's on it. Actually, I've never seen their first movie, which is pretty much just like a long episode of the show. I think I don't think I have either. You know, now that I think about it, I think I've only seen yeah. the the three most talked about. Well, yeah. Oh. Oh, but back up, keeping all that in. That's all good stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're here, and we're going to talk The Northman. Uh, very Yay! exciting. Just came out this year. 
You can watch it on Peacock. Has it been? Peacock. Peacock. <laughs> what did I put on your Peacock? Has it, uh, what, did it go to theaters first or was it, it straight did. on Peacock? I saw, I saw it in theaters first too. I was so excited. I think I talked it on the show a way long time ago, so I'm very happy to you? to bring it to main episode. Well, it's fucking good. I've liked every single one of these guys' movies so oh, yeah. much so far. <laughs> the uh, flames on the side of my face. The side of my face. Man, we're referencing some strange, strange movies. <laughs> uh, oh, dude. <gasps> what? Nothing. I was wrong. Were you going to say that I guess, the director's Robert Eggers, who is the director of my favorite a, movie still to date, The Northman, or The the Lighthouse, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I thought, I thought I did mention that it was Robert Eggers. I just said I like this guy, though, didn't I? I, I, I pulled up and I said, I, I saw that he worked on The Telltale Heart, and I was like... <gasps> What he directed that and then like he's he's doing the Telltale Heart is what I thought, but no, there was apparently a oh. Telltale Heart in two thousand eight. I dang I, it, uh, that would have been so fucking cool. Yeah, that would be cool. doing, that was his next movie. But apparently, he already worked on that movie as a production designer. Anyhow, well, he was he was working on Nosferatu, but I don't know if that's still happening. I can't remember if they if that was canceled or if that was changed or something. Hmm. But Annie was supposed to be in that too. Are they going to speak? Is he is he branching out into silent film? Dude, I would one hundred percent love a Robert Eggers silent I film. I think like I think he could do it if anybody could easily. do it because he's willing to do the research is the thing. But here's here's the problem: ninety million dollar budget, sixty nine million dollar box office. This movie was a flop, and that sucks. Yeah, it really does. Well, people, people. I know people don't like art. People don't want to go out and see art, and that's what Robert Eggers puts on. Is he puts on this beautiful fucking display of cinema? Like, okay, the open. I, I want to give you the synopsis, but the opening the opening shot is of a clear bird. Like, I, I feel like it was definitely on a wire or something. You know, it's like it's definitely like an Alfred Hitchcock like bird, right? Just like floating on the wind in the camera. And then it flies off camera, and then the camera pans, and you see, like, all the Viking ships and everything, and it zooms in. Great fucking shot. Uh, to give him a shout-out, it's uh, Jaron Blaschke, who's been with Robert Eggers since the, the Witch. With the Witch, the All the yep. Way. Okay. And, and The Makes Lighthouse, sense. I think, too. Dude, they're you and me. That's what they are, except for better. and and, you know we've only made one movie that's still not done so it's close it's it's not a movie it's it really is done well it's a short film yeah well nobody's paying us i'm paying everybody and not that much (laughs) (laughs) so Uh. (laughs) after you know i humbled myself by comparing myself to Edgar, that Robert Eggers. That, why did you do that to me? This other guy's name was Edgar Wright, and now we're talking about <laughs> Robert Eggers. It's I didn't do it to you. Andy fair. Taylor Joy did it to you. Okay, you're right. Okay, so this movie uh, also does not lead Anya, but she's does not lead Anya, but she is a big, big part. So, 
This is the the legend or myth of Amleth, as as you told me that is based off of that. I just went and watched it blind. Anyhow, Amleth is a prince to Ethan Hawke. <laughs> King King Arvandil War Raven. Which uh, you know, like you 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 earn those kind of names. Pretty good name. <clears throat> yeah, it's a pretty good name. So he is a warrior king, wants to die in battle, like you know, all all Vikings do, and uh, he's married to Nicole Kidman, playing uh, Queen Gudrun, and his brother, Fjolnir, the brotherless, because he kills his brother. It's basically him, <gasps> guys. Can you get it from that? Can I, can yeah, I haven't just you heard the story before? Haven't you heard it? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, Fulnir was, uh, he decided to kill his brother and take his queen and his kingdom. Uh, and in the process, Amleth was supposed to be murdered as well, but he ran away. But before all that happened, like the night before that happened, <laughs> yeah. he and his father went through these through uh, some secret rites, uh, of which you know I'm not a part of the religion, so I don't know the accuracy. But so far, this guy does his research, so I I I want to buy into everything that right. Happened. Our um, our our dear friend Ronvald the Scold was supposed to. I'm not gonna do that to him. He was, he was, <laughs> he's gonna watch the movie eventually. I know he will. Right. But I was, I was really hoping that he would have watched it before we, uh, before we watched did this episode. So that you would know. Yeah. How, just so I can know, just from or... a, from a, yeah, just, he's a, Ronvald is a historian of that culture. And yeah. he, if anybody could tell me how accurate this film is, it would have been him. Like they it have title cards that are in runes. Yeah. I love that. That's a yeah. great, aspect yeah. so like i want to know how he could probably is. have read it for us maybe not you know in the second if we if we paused it and let him right you know, he's it's not his first language <laughs> uh, but he goes through some sort of uh right as to uh it seemed like a rite of passage to me yeah. um because it was all supposed to be a secret as well, and they are in there with the court fool played by Willem Dafoe. Hymir uh, is the character's name, but he also seems to be acting as a, uh, as a priest in this ceremony. Like I said, I, I, I only know this strictly from like a outsider yeah. lens, white anthropologist. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're white too, but anyhow. <laughs> Hymir does the, the the during this the king Arvandil makes Amleth promise to avenge him if he were ever to die in battle basically ever if he were to die he must avenge him <laughs> yeah basically, uh, yeah, basically. it's long been known that those will be my uh, my last words if uh, <laughs> if ever I die <laughs> yeah I intend to grab whoever's closest to me and yell at them avenge me. And then I'll just die. And that's like, I don't care what, what kills me. That like I, I really kind of hope that I just like die in my sleep, but it like sets off like a like a Da Vinci Code era like esque hunt for like some massive treasure or whatever, you know? It's like somebody's just like, his words had to have meant something. You know, go back to all my diaries. 
<laughs> Who poisoned my father? I was like, they'll go back through my diary and they'll find like they'll find puzzles where there aren't puzzles, but they'll just be like, they'll be like, oh my god. <laughs> so Amleth goes off and becomes a part of another. Uh, they're more of a tribe of Vikings rather than a kingdom, and right. uh, they go around. And, you know, you know, they do the Viking thing, the, the pillaging. Which, by the way, during that pillaging scene, that was the moment uh, I mentioned earlier that both films had a moment in the theater where I was just overall wild. And clearly yeah. I was the only one that was overall wild in the theater. During the pillaging scene for uh, The Northman was that moment because there's there's this... I, I mentioned it when I talked about it the first time when, uh, when I saw it in the theaters way back when on the episode. Um, but if you hadn't watched that episode, and I don't know which episode that was anymore, there's a moment where Long they, they come ago. up over a hill. The Vikings are coming up on the wall of this village. There's fog everywhere. And, you know, you see clearly Alexander Skarsgård, who plays the uh, older adult Amleth. Oh, yeah, I didn't say. I'm sorry. That's the only name I didn't mention. <laughs> <laughs> and you see him in front, though. He's leading the charge. And you hear somebody on the wall spot the Vikings, and he yells. And a lance, like a, a big spear or whatever, just shoots out from that. Uh, the guy throws it from the wall. And in that take, in that one long shot, just as I mentioned, you know, it was a one long take in, the, in Last Night in Soho. It's the same here with the Northmen. It's just a long take. You see the guy throw the spear. Alexander Skarsgård steps up, grabs the spear, turns around and hucks it right back and hits the guy in the chest. And oh, it was yeah fucking incredible i literally in the theaters was like holy shit and everybody else <laughs> and was just everybody like, else was just crickets like, crickets calm, calm down dude Jeez. yeah it's like what the fuck dude? It was just that wasn't even anything like the transformers movies like god <laughs> he didn't do anything that a human couldn't that cgi <laughs> was just shit <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. So and I 100% uh, do not think there was any CGI in that I don't, scene. I, I, don't I think, think so they either. literally, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, the horses. I think the horses uh, were CGI'd. Or, uh, uh, but or they were good. Really good prosthetic. Uh, not prosthetic, but... Um, uh, costumes? <laughs> yeah, well, not costumes, but like they were They were either... They were probably really Animatronics? good products. No, like... Because you're talking about the beheaded horse, right? Or which one? No, no. In the in the village in the pillage scene, there's horses running around, and I swear they cut at the horses' legs. I might be thinking of Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, I mean, no, they do they do cut at it, but like they don't show blood or anything. Like that's just it's probably just like a wooden sword and it's no, a trained but the horse horses, to fall. Like, over. I remember horses tripping, like rolling oh. over their riders and stuff, and they wouldn't do that. Gotcha. Well, that was CG. Probably not. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> But, that but the, the spear scene, sense. though, the spear, the spear shot was—I I don't think there was any CGI in that shot at so all. Either. I don't think yeah. so. But maybe I'm wrong. The only other character that I did not name the actor uh, was for Fulmir, the Brotherless, and I think his name is pronounced Clayspang or or Cleese. The C L A E S. I mean, we looked up no everybody idea. else's name this episode, so might as well do one more. I've got no fight in this match. <laughs> that's not the right. That's not the right phrase at all. I got no blood no in this fight. fight. In this match. I, 
What did you say earlier? <laughs> pillage and take their things. <laughs> Pill- pillage and or take. <laughs> pillage and or take. Um. <laughs> I just got off of work. I'm tired. I've been I've been brain dead since one o'clock. Leave me alone, guys. We do this for fun. It's Clace. I got it right the first nice. uh, the first pair of my guesses. Anyhow, Amleth becomes a part of this this new tribe, right? And while they're out on mission, I'm pretty sure this wasn't explicitly said. I'm pretty sure he became a berserker for them. And a berserker in that culture, and like I said, I don't know fucking everything, but <laughs> is, is, a, is, a, is a great warrior that runs into battle with minimal armor and just does as much damage as they can. Yeah. They, it's almost, almost a suicide warrior, except for they send them out in a pack. Usually they get shit done. And in the scene, like just before the the pillaging scene, um, yeah, or maybe it's like right after, they have like this dance around a fire, and they all call upon like uh, like animals or whatever, like to, right. to inhabit them. Wolves, and I think yeah, specifically. he he specifically took a wolf. I think <laughs> others took bears, and and you know, I, I thought think they were all wearing that. wolf skins, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I can't I can't remember any either. But I, I know he specifically takes the wolf, but maybe everybody else does too. But uh, that that is a big part of his his fighting too. Is like he he'll he, there's a moment in that pillaging scene where he kills a guy, and then like right. in the aftermath of it, while he's like just drenched in this guy's blood, he just like howls like crazy. Right. And I'm just like, oh my god! Imagine being one of those villagers, <clears throat> and it's just like you see that, piss yeah. my pants immediately. Right. <laughs> so after they wreck the village they round everybody up and uh he hears that some of the people were meant to go to iceland to be the slaves of fjolnir the brotherless and so amleth comes up to them and asks them about this he's like i only know of one fjolnir and he's he's king of of this land he said not anymore the, the Nords, yeah. not the Nords, the Normans took that over. So he finds out that these slaves are going to his uncle in Iceland, right? And then he kills one of them and disguises <laughs> himself as them because they all wear similar clothes because they, uh, I would guess, were all from the same village. And among them, when he gets taken away with them, is Anya Taylor-Joy. Olga of the Birch Forest. And oh, she yes. Is, yes. And she is, you know, uh, very, very beautiful, extremely platinum blonde hair. Uh, right. He says, you, you look, somebody says you look like a Valkyrie. And uh, that's a big part of her whole goddamn thing. And he's instantly so, taken with her, too, Amleth is. Definitely. Absolutely. 100%. And so on their travel there, they start to not necessarily plot together, but say how they're going to survive being slaves. Like she, she for one is like, I, I know how to mess with them with my mind, and he's like, and I'm a, I'm a strong warrior. They're not going to make me do anything I don't want to do. And I think in that moment he also reveals his in- intentions. 
to kill. I think so too. Yeah, eventually at least he does. And I I think that might be enough for a synopsis uh, for for now because I I do want people to watch this movie. And like I said, it does kind of play out like Hamlet, uh, except for Olga and Hamlet do get married and conceive. I'll say that. (gasps) Oh my. Yeah, and I really. I really enjoy it all. Like I enjoy the mental play on Amleth. You know how he he you know he sh- he wants revenge. That's who he is. Yeah. For mm-hmm. most of this film, but then once he meets Olga, things kind of change. You know, he has another he has another door open to him, and I enjoy how that plays out in his mind. You know how it how it torments him. How he you know how he wants to accomplish and get revenge for his father, but at the same time, he can also just be a dad. You know, yeah, and and he, he you know, he he's. It, I like it. I like it a lot. I love the story. It's really fascinating. Alexander Skarsgård as Amleth is fucking incredible. Like, yeah. I love watching him in this movie. He's just I, like he goes so far out for it. Yeah, he, he is really great. But the thing is, it's like you you say this about other actors. And he's probably, well, I don't remember his his really thin brother. Uh, he was in uh, The Devil All the Time, or whatever that movie was. The guy who plays uh, Pennywise? No, that's Bill Skarsgård, right? I think this I is think a different so. guy, too, though. Oh, let's look this up, too. Look at the else. It's the most lucky uppy episode. Volter? Volter Skarsgård? Gustav? It might be Walter. He said the devil all the time. Yeah. The Tom Holland, well, right? Yeah. No, it's, so it is just Bill. Bill. You're right. It was Bill. It, yeah. It was Pennywise. Okay. It was Pennywise. Anyhow. Yeah, so he he can be more of anybody. But to me, uh, so far, Alexander Skarsgård is Alexander Skarsgård. And it might be because... Of that chest and his arms. Yeah, dude's ripped like crazy and it's fun to watch. Yeah, it is. Uh, But yeah, it's kind of hard to not see him. It's kind of like Chris Hemsworth. That's fair. I I totally see this this crazy wild Northman. Like, I don't, Mm. I don't, you know, I I mean, it's Alexander Skarsgård. He inhabits the character. Okay, this is a better, a better comparison ethan hawk whoever he plays he's always ethan hawk but he's also that motherfucker that he's playing right yeah yeah so like it's a good performance i am not saying anything about against his performance i'm just saying i always see him like it's i mean also the last thing i really recall seeing him was in tarzan so, right, that's what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to really say, like, I can't see anybody but Tarzan. I was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just the last thing I, I saw. You, you do get to see Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> in just as much clothing as you would in Tarzan. He's, this is true. He's yes. fairly, fairly unclothed oh, throughout most of the film. And that last battle that they oh, had yeah. was so cool. But... We should probably talk more about Anya Taylor Joy. We should indeed. Yeah, yeah she's she's constantly described uh, and 
I think they use it more of like as an insult. I can't remember if she uses it, but I remember they called her like a Slavic witch. Like one person does yeah. at least. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, they, they do show a little bit of that. They never really um, imply that she really does have like magic abilities or any kind of thing like that. But she right. does brew a potion that are a, a tonic toxin or whatever that kills, uh, kills some of the guards um you know and she she has that moment at the end where she calls upon the the gods and i like i just i love that performance when she's on the boat and she's just like kind of going mad a little bit because of what just happened that's such a good moment yeah Uh, i don't yeah that's that one's hard to talk about because i don't want to give away everything in the movie right but i kind of to talk about her want to talk about amleth's visions a little bit Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the main one is the tree, the tree of kings, and he at one point after she's pregnant, which I've already mentioned, he kisses her and uh, sees the tree again, and and sees their kids, and you know they have her white hair, and that's that's cool too. But there's this third vision smack dab in the middle of the movie, where I don't remember what happened. To, what exactly happened to Amleth in that battle that, that he almost died in, but she in his vision is a Valkyrie or is that, or is it played? Is that played by Anya? It, it no, looks I don't like think her, so. but it doesn't also look like her. Well, anyways, it's a, uh, Inetta, Inetta Sluzate. I think it's very much supposed to look like her, but they've already compared her to a Valkyrie. But anyhow, right. so this is how this is what he holds her as, uh, like in his eyes. She is this creature that will carry him away to heaven if he dies. Valhalla, yeah, yeah, Va- yeah, to to Valhalla, yeah, they call it Valhalla. Prop, most certainly more accurate. <laughs> yeah, this is why guess. Professor Ron the Skull. If you ever listen to this, this is why we need you, yes. brother. This is why we need you. We're really just trying to rope our 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 third best friend to just be this show with us. Just <laughs> he doesn't have the free time. He doesn't. He doesn't. But no, so I loved. I, I loved so much. Yeah, I was just wrapping up too. We we had the same okay, mind. Cool. Yeah, I love I love everything about this movie. Like it's it's just it's Robert Eggers, but for an action adventure as opposed to a horror. Yes. Which I you know I was kind of worried about going in when I watched this in theaters. I was just like, oh man, I hope this holds up to the you know it's it's not going to beat uh, the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse still reigns as my favorite film right now. Like nothing's topped it. I still enjoy the fuck out of that weird masterpiece. But he he. His style translates so fucking well to an action adventurer. So, I mean, he's always done historical timepieces or whatever they're called. Yeah, I guess period. Period piece. Thank you. I couldn't remember period. I was just like historical. That's it. <laughs> but I really enjoyed his his depth, his research into this story, into this time. You know, I'm sure it's accurate. Maybe I'll eat my words. Who knows? I doubt it. Who knows? But like. It's fucking great. I enjoy it a lot. I love the acting. I love the bleakness. But it's it doesn't, you know, it's not perfect. There are some, like, moments where I'm just a little bit like, hey, okay, let's go. And for that, I'll just give it a three and a half stars. It's not as easily returnable as The Witch mm. or The Lighthouse, but I still fucking love it. And Anya, Anya See, is great in it. Anya's right. beautiful. Uh, I, uh, yeah, 
I fucking loved it, man. And I don't know. Uh, on my first watch, I think it has more rewatchability than those other ones did on my first watch. So the Vich was so, so hard to understand the first time around that it was kind of like, I don't know that I necessarily want to come back to this. Now that I have again and again, and I've said this before on the show, it's one of my yeah. favorite movies. The language is beautiful, but that's why it's a difficult movie to watch. Right. Um, in The Lighthouse, it almost has that feel, but it's more about the symbolism that I, you know, you, you can't catch everything the first watch. So I do right. want to go back to that movie because I want to catch more of it. But this one, like you said, has more of that classical action adventure feel. I mean, you know, it's it's a fucking myth put into a movie. It's it's <laughs> for that reason it's it's right up my alley. But also, I don't know. I just feel like I can tell you better what happened point A, B, and C in this movie than the than the other two. And well, I just watched because it's Hamlet two a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, way to go to rip off the story. No, actually, <laughs> Willie Shakes. You, if you, you think Willie Shakes did? Uh, well, I mean, but, yeah. This, this was. Yeah, I uh, think you're right. I, I think the Legend right. of Amleth I mean, was published in the 12th century. So, yep, that was before Willie Shakes' birthday. So, you... <laughs> Wait, I, I mean, I, I completed. Sorry, completed at the beginning of the 13th century, but I still think that's before because he was. Well, it's way century, before, right? He would no. He was in the 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 seventeenth, the the sixteen hundred. Oh, he's sixteen hundred. Shit, I thought he was fourteen hundred for some reason. No, he was. Uh, they they already had done did discovered uh, America. My God. Yeah. My baby, sweet Jesus. Well, I mean, you know, it was already discovered if you lived here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who who wins the Anya Taylor Joy spotlight? Did I say that this movie was a face and a half? Because I, I, that's how I feel about it. I don't know if you did, but there it is. There and, it is. Uh, as, <laughs> as has been the case in the past with a lot of these spotlights, the movie that I think is the better film is not the winner of the actor spotlight, I don't think. Because even though I love Annie Taylor-Joy's performance... I totally agree with you. You didn't yeah. have to say which one you said. Well, well, honestly, you from context clues, we gave the movies ratings, so can the audience. Right. <laughs> she, last night in Soho, she gets to do so much more. She gets to have, yes. like, there's just a lot more with that character. There is a lot to the Northman's character. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of depth and a lot of beauty. Mm -hmm. The chemistry with her and Alexander Skarsgård is phenomenal. They both did yeah. so well there. And I love that movie more. I do say if this was between the movies, Northman would win easily. But... Her it's performance not. in Last Night is just so nice. It's really good. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of range in it. You get to see like all the facets of that character's mind, and she's not the main character. But yeah. uh, I heard this term just recently, the plum roll. If you don't get the plum roll, then you have to make it yourself, is, is the phrase that I heard. And it's an old Ooh. Hollywood phrase, I guess. And... She was not the main character, but that definitely was the best role in the movie. It, yeah. Don't get me wrong, Thomason did a great job too. Like she, she did, hundred yeah. percent. But it's just Anya stole the show. That that's yeah, that's did. all there is to it. I think that, like you said, the chemistry 
between the two and the Northmen. I mean, that's just what you get when you put two immensely talented people together and then have a very good director. <laughs> right. I mean, that's true. That's the truth right there. I mean, I've, I've yeah. also just watched a lot of uh, interviews with the two of them, and they just seem like they're really good, close friends. Like, they're like brother and sister nice. almost. It's like, it's really nice. That might not be the right uh <laughs> metaphor i want to make given their situation in this movie but <laughs> that's funny oh man uh, oh well that is the show that's that's who we are you're right that is almost the show i just oh. want to say one more thing about olga that she is a very strong character i have nothing wrong with, uh, with this character's very good role it just didn't outshine the movie like sandy did so it yeah. is not, and I can't even remember Sandy's name. <laughs> she's just, <laughs> she's just Anya Taylor Joy. Okay, we could end the show now. <laughs> Okie dokie. I've been the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Thanks for listening. And I, I am the Faceless Leon. Safe travels and good riddance. <laughs> good night. Oh, God. <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.